heaven where people can hear and understand and know that our God reigns. You know, if you look at how things look, even on the Internet, it looks like we're a weak church. But, you know, God is raising the church up, raising us back up in strength, raising us back up in knowledge and abilities. Amen. Because God wants a church without spot or wrinkle. How can we get to the spot or wrinkle if we're not even strong, if we don't have a voice? Amen. And so we need to make our voice crystal clear that the, the heathen will hear it. Amen. And that they will want to serve the God that we serve. And so God is uh, bringing the church back into its strength, amen, because we are a strong nation. We're a kingdom that cannot be overturned, amen. But a lot of times um, gifts and abilities lay dormant because people don't want to offend anybody, amen. But Jesus offended people all the time. In fact, that was part of his ministry. (laughs) That's right. He did it on purpose. He offended the the religious because they wanted to look holy and not be holy. And he did not want that, amen, because the world is looking and the world gets the wrong opinion of the God that we serve because we're representatives of our God. And so God is raising up the church out of its slumber and out of its position of sleep, out of its position of idleness, out of its position of weakness because we're not a weak people. You know, our position is that we're seated in heavenly places far above all principalities and powers and rulers of wickedness. And so we're supposed to take back what the devil has stolen. Amen. But we can't do it if we don't have a voice. And God has given us that voice, but the devil has shut us down, so to speak, because nobody's listening. And nobody's listening because they don't think that we're strong. Amen. But God doesn't make anything that's not good. Amen. So we just need to trust God, trust in what he's given us, and trust in our abilities to take it back for God. So if we turn to Isaiah 52, verse 1, and it says, Awake, awake, put on your strength, O Zion, amen, and I believe O Zion is the church, amen, and it says, put on your strength, hallelujah, your splendid clothing, put on your beautiful garment, O Jerusalem, the holy city, for the uncircumcised and the unclean shall no longer come to you, so shake yourself from the dust and arise, rise up. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God wants us to rise up with a voice, rise up with a voice of triumph. Amen. Not a voice that says we're weak and we can't do it. We're afraid. But a voice that says we can and we will and we must. Amen. And we must carry out the things of God, carry out his commission, carry out the things that he's called us to do without fear and without trembling. Amen. That's the devil's position, fear and trembling, but not ours. Amen. Hallelujah. So the church must put on its strength again and become vigilant and powerful. God will mend and restore. And I believe we're in this this phase right now where he's mending and restoring hearts, mending and restoring uh, people, 
so that we can be a strong nation under God. Amen? Because it's not just for the kingdom of God, but it's for the world. And so God wants people strong, a powerful army. And that's what the church is. He wants us to go forth as a great army without spot or blemish or stain. A strong army like a giant that's on the ground but's getting up and rising up in power. Like a transformer that fell and was broken into pieces but is being connected again and rising up. Amen. Becoming whole again in one body with one purpose. Amen. And that is to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Amen. And to deliver people out of uh, soulish things, things that hold them back so that they can recover and, you know, so that they can live prosperously. You know, and this is all that God wants for the church. He wants this for the world so that we'll shine like a city on a hill. So that people will know that our God reigns. Amen. So people will know who we are. Hallelujah. So people won't have to guess if we are Christian or not. You know, I hate that. You know, are you a Christian? And, you know, we are undercover, so to speak, because of persecution. But, you know, the devil is not. God is going to raise us. I'm going to say us because we're in that process of taking back this kingdom. And I believe that we're going to raise up as a mighty giant and people will see that our God reigns, that our God is real and that he has power. Amen. Just like the stories that we read in the Old Testament when the, the uh, nation of Israel came against so many obstacles and they always won. They came out victorious every time. And I believe that those days are coming back. But the devil presents such a fearful outlook. But I'm telling you, I really believe that we're going to raise up as a strong nation again. One nation, one body, under God. Amen. For the Lord. Hallelujah. And with one voice. And that's so important because the church is so divided with tradition and different. These, this group over here believes this. This group over here doesn't believe that. Nobody's embracing the whole Bible you know, and so I believe God, this is where he wants us as one voice, one body. Amen. You know, because it's the hand can't do without all of the parts, all of the fingers. And But, you know, some groups over here believe in this, and then we don't believe in, you know, divine health. You know, we, we just believe in what the doctors say, and that's the final word. And these things, are, God's going to bring this to an end. But it starts with us, and it starts with how we think and what we allow. You know, renewing our mind in the Word of God so that we'll think like God and have the mind of Christ, which is our rightful inheritance. Amen. So arise, O church, put on your beautiful garments. Hallelujah. You know, God is trying to help us in every way he can. He doesn't want us bound up with things that hinder us, but he wants us free, free to be who we are in him, free to be who we are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So we shall go forth as a powerful army without restrictions. Amen. His beloved bride, and that's who we are. He loves us, who has been tried by fire. Anybody here feel like you've been tried by fire? I saw some hands fly up. Amen. And that's Amen. Barbecue. 
<laughs> and that's the body of Christ, been tried by fire. Amen. But we are a strong nation and a holy people. So awake, O Zion, and get up, you big giant. And this is what I believe God is saying. You're a big giant that's lazy. Amen. But not weak. Not weak. We are strong in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And in the power of his might. So get up and get off the ground. And arise and get your strength. Come out of corruption. And that's what holds the body of Christ back. Corruption in the church. Amen. So much corruption. It's becoming to be a money thing. But we we read about that in the Bible, didn't we? Amen. Jesus shut it down. And he's coming for it again. Amen. (laughs) He's going to shut it down again. (laughs) So come out of the carnality. That the, and I, I know and we all know that this is what holds the church back. Amen. You know, it's too permissive. You know, we bend too much. We allow too much. Well, it's okay. It ain't okay. Amen. And we need to stand up for what's right. Stand, you know. Come out of pride. Come out of the tradition of men. Come out of this, these things that bind us and be stirred up again. In the word. I think it starts in the word of God. It starts on the inside of you. It's an inward dealing. Uh, we, we have to start allowing God to deal with us on the inside. Amen. In the inner man, be refreshed and restored and renewed on the inside of us. Amen. With the washing of the water of the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse 3. It says, For thus saith the Lord, you have sold yourselves for nothing. And you shall be redeemed without money. Hallelujah. You know, God has redeemed us. Amen. You know, a ransom that has been paid. You know, or we, I believe God is repurchasing. He has to go through the, you know, almost go through that cross again. <laughs> He's repurchasing us. Amen. Reassuring us that we're okay. That we're good enough to take this nation back to God. Amen. To bring the the church back into a oneness. Amen. And so this is what God wants us to do. We're representatives. And so he wants uh, us to all receive the redemption that was done at the cross. You know, Catherine Kuhlman preached about the cross. And I'm just remembering, uh, I heard someone talking about her, and they said she preached at the cross of Jesus, and every, everybody hit the floor, and miracles happened. You know, she preached, carry, get up and carry your cross and follow Christ. And that's moved away from the church. See, nowadays people are telling us how to behave, and it's needed, don't get me wrong, telling us what we should and should not do, you know, telling us what's wrong and what's right. You know, and it, 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 we're spending so much time being parents that the, the, sake, the, the gospel is being, you know, it's, it's something that's being put down on the list that it should be on the top. And I, and I remember these guys saying that Catherine Kuhlman didn't care who you were, didn't care whether you were saved or not. But when she preached that cross, everybody hit that floor. Amen. Because the power of the cross, you know, will save a soul and convert people. And I think we need to go back to that. Amen. Hallelujah. Although everything that we do is very much needed, but we need to stick with the cross and those things that bring miracles. Amen. And not be intimidated 
by preaching these things because sometimes, you know, for I can say what I have seen is we get preachers get intimidated because everybody want a word, everybody wants somebody something to make them feel good. It's like, well, give me a word, which you know how we do. You know how we do. Yeah, I hope Pastor give me something to go on for the rest of the week. But what are we really doing? You know, for the sake of the gospel. Are you carrying your cross? Amen. You know, are you praying in tongues every morning before you get up? Are you giving God your early part, your your tithe, which is your first part? The first fruit is the tithe. It's holy. It belongs to God. Amen. So are you giving him the first part of your day? You know, because, see, that's what makes you a powerful giant is giving God what is his. Amen. You know, the tithe, when we talk about money, builds the church. And the, the first part of your day, the tithe and keeping the Sabbath holy keeps, uh, you know, God big in your life. And this is what causes us or gives us the ability to subdue kingdoms and to do these things that God has called us to do. And he's looking for us to do these things. And it's not too hard and it's not something that's impossible. All we have to do is open up our mouths. Amen. And allow what God has put in there to come out. God is restoring and decreeing and declaring, amen, over and over again what he's called us to do. Amen. He's telling us and reassuring us that we are able, well able, to take this city and this country, amen, this nation for the kingdom of God. Amen. But we have to arise. We have to rise up, get up, amen, and shine like a light. Get up and allow God to be recognized on the inside of you. Arise. Awake. Come out of your slumber. You know what I believe the slumber is? Always concentrating on what we need and what we don't have. Or, or listening to that voice, and it's the devil that tells you you can't and you won't. Amen? But we have to come against that. And one way I know is to give the Lord part of the first part, the first fruits. That's the first part of your day. And I hate to say it, but being honest, I'm going back to what I used to do. Amen. And that's to give God my best. And your best and my best is his first fruits. And that's the first part of everything. Amen. Isaiah 60. Hallelujah. Praise, praise God. And it says, Arise, shine, for the light has come. And the glory or the honor of the Lord is risen upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. Amen. And I think it's talking about the end times where gross darkness comes into the world. But God has put a light on the inside of us to shine like a city on a hill. Amen. He's given us a light so that we can guide and direct like a lighthouse. Guide and direct those who are lost, those who are weak, those who don't know our God. And you know, the more people the world sees that we have, the the more he will... Uh, 
the more God will turn hearts around to follow us. And so I believe God is calling everybody that knows him to be a light, especially now, you know, where times are so tough, dark grossness have covered the earth. And so God wants us to be a light, amen, to the world, because we are a light. But sometimes we let our, our light get dull or we'll, we'll hide it because of intimidation. But God is calling us to be a bold people. Amen. And that's why I believe he's saying arise and get up. Arise for your light has come. Amen. So the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen upon you. And this is what the world is supposed to see him in you. Amen. Amen. Arise, O Zion. Rise up out of your stupidity. Rise up out of your weakness. Get up off the ground and get back your strength. Amen. Leaders are into money too much and a watered-down message. You know, some of the messages sound like motivational speaking. Amen. They want to just motivate people to do activities or to, to motivate people to get into groups where he can, they can keep people together, but yet not teach them who they are in Christ Jesus. Amen. And I believe if, if we would just break out of that and expect more and do what God has told us to do, come out of the, the works of men, come out of what, you know, uh, Men have set up these programs and just obey the word of God. Know your God. Spend time in the word. So you're not going to get it just listening to man. You know, you, you, even the ones that are on cue, you have to know God for yourself. Amen. And so you have to get in that word and press into God, you know, where you know him and you know that he's your God. Know what he can do for you. That you have to be convinced like Abraham. Amen. He was convinced and he considered not. It wasn't like that in the beginning. He considered everything. But but before God got done with him, he considered not. You know, he didn't let these things bug him. His age, Sarah, the age of her womb. Amen. He started to consider not these circumstances. You know, sometimes we tell one, we tell ourselves we can't do that. It's too big or I'm too small. That will never happen because we listen to the wrong voice that speaks doubt and unbelief to us. But we have to believe what God says. You know, listen to the right voice. And if you're not hearing the right voice, get in that word, pray in tongues until God speaks. Amen. And, and, and ask him to confirm it in his word. If it ain't in the word, it ain't God. So don't do it. You know, sometimes people will hear one little thing that sets them free or they want to hear that. And say, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. You got to get this stuff confirmed in the word. And then God will, uh, will uh, confirm it again with signs following. This is not a joke. This is God, amen? And you just can't go run up. You know, what we like to do is consult another person so that they'll validate what we're feeling on the inside. We'll tell them our story first. Then we say, now, uh, what, what do you think? <laughs> but it's about what does God think? Because, see, we want people to, to confirm what God has probably already told us no. <laughs> so we're fighting against that doubt that's there and sometimes it's not doubt it's god saying no and sometimes when god is saying yes all you got to do is open up your word open up your heart 
pray in the spirit, you know, and sit quietly and, and allow him to speak, to work on us. We need working on the inside. We, you know, we'll never, I believe we'll never do the job on the outer until God does the job on the inner. Amen. We have to allow him to work on our hearts, on our spirit, just do a cleansing, a healing by the washing of the water of the word. And this is how it's done. But we don't spend enough time with God. But that's going to change because I think every believer sees the shape and the direction that the world is going in. And we need to all agree that we're going to be representatives. Amen. Whatever position you're in, you don't have to have a high position. God's already put us in a high position. Amen. Hallelujah. Seated high above, far above principalities and powers. Amen. So we're seated with Christ far above, far above the devil and his tactics. And so we should be able to reach God quickly and come to a right answer. Amen. And get the church back up on its feet. So that we can do exploits in the name of Jesus. That's all God wants us to do is to bring his, the heavens here on earth, amen, with signs and wonders. Amen. Hallelujah. And you, amen. And you'll know it's God. Amen. And nobody can make that mistake. It's God. So I believe, you know, God is speaking to the church. We need to stop depending on the words of men and find the heart of God. Amen. And we'll see that it's right on the inside of us. God is calling his elite, his warriors to rise up. Amen. The few and the humble. Amen. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot of people to turn a nation around. It just, you know, Gideon did a lot with his 300. Amen. And I think it was, uh, how many was it start, started out? I think it was 970,000 turned away or were sent away, but 300 got the job done. Few people, big power. Amen. So, and, but see, you know what we do? Too many of us are counting heads. Oh, well, I'm not going there. Ain't nobody there. Amen. But God doesn't need a lot of people to get a work done. In fact, few people, big power. Amen. You know, let the fearful and the faint-hearted stay home. <laughs> yeah, keep moving. Amen. And so God, I believe, is speaking to his leaders. Amen. Stop trying to build big churches and get the job done. Amen. Hallelujah. And it's okay to have a big church. I'm not against that. But what I'm saying is that doesn't prove how powerful. That has nothing to do with your power. Amen. Amen. See, the power is not in the numbers. It's not in numbers. Amen. But the anointing speaks for itself. Amen. God's hand. You know, they, they would say things like God's hand is on him. Don't mess with, you know, these different people in the Bible. God's hand. We want what your God is doing. And that's what, and it was only one man. You know, he sent them out one person sometimes and they got the job done. And so we, we need to stop feeling like, uh, you know, we've, uh, how can you say it when you've been, you know, abandoned. We need to stop feeling abandoned and start feeling powerful. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We need to stop feeling like that. Amen. 
because we've not been abandoned. God is still here. Hallelujah. He's for he's here for anybody that needs him. Amen. And so, you know, we need to have a mind to work and not a mind to, you know, all these other things that doesn't help us. But we need to stay with what God is doing. And he's, I believe he's building his kingdom back how it's supposed to be for his for the return of Christ. Amen. We got to get them spots and wrinkles. And, oh, boy, it's a whole lot of that. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the church is just allowing too too much to go on. Like our sister Miriam that was, you know, held and not allowed to, you know, put in prison because she wouldn't renounce Christ. See, I, I want to be like that. Amen. Hallelujah. Where even if you're faced with death, you keep your convictions of Christ. Amen. Amen. And see, she understands the cross and the power of the cross. Because there's divine protection in the cross. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so we need to go back to those days, and I think those days are here. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I believe God is calling people and assembling his body, again, like a strategic army. You know, those who thought they were done. I, I can't do anything for God. You know, I have no power, and I think God is speaking to those people and raising them up, you know, making intercessors and warriors and giving them revelation. Amen? Praise God. I think, you know, the devil's not, he doesn't have the ups on God because God is assembling his people. And he's, you know, arraying people with power. Amen? And, and gifts and talents and all of the things that it takes to take this nation in this country back for the kingdom of God. And so the people of God, this is what I'm saying, arise. We need to arise and get our battle positions. Arise, O oh church. Pick up your cross and follow God. Arise, for the kingdom is at hand. Amen? Hallelujah. And you don't have to have a platform in a church to be a warrior for Christ. Amen? But everybody's looking for a ministry. And see, and people can't see, that's, that's a wrong spirit. Amen. Get in somewhere where you can work and do your job. Amen. God's called all of us to a specific work. And so I believe that God will use anybody whose heart is, is fixed. Amen. A fixed heart. A heart that loves him. God is stirring up people on the inside. He's calling out his perfected saints for the work of the ministry. Amen. So take your rightful positions and arise, O Zion. Take your rightful position. Answer by name. Amen. Answer by name. Hallelujah. Somebody got it. (laughs) For our kingdom is not of this world. Amen. It is not of this world. Hallelujah. And I think sometimes because we compete with the world not knowing I don't think we purposely do it, but I think we do it not knowing. Amen. But God will pour out his spirit upon our, our flesh. He's doing it now. And, and I, I was thinking like great drops of liquid light being sprinkled on everybody. Amen. Amen. And you're visible. Amen. At all times. 
Even if you try to sneak around and do something, somebody will see you because <laughs> you're sprinkled with holy liquid light. Amen. We really have to watch what we do and where we go. You don't know who's watching. Amen. Or they may not be watching. You just might run into somebody. Not on purpose, but on purpose. Amen. Amen. So we have to really be a Christian first and be a light. Not that we aren't, but we have to be mindful of, of the places that we go and the things that we do. Because it could be all innocent. But believe me, the devil will make sure some sinner sees you. Amen. And then you have some explaining to do, like Lucy. <laughs> but, you know, I believe nothing will be able to stop the church. So arise and take your positions. Amen. Let's go to Joel 2 right quick. And I'm hoping that this tie in to Joel 2.28. Hallelujah. And it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters will prophesy, and old men will dream dreams. They will have visions in the night. It says, And your young men shall see visions, and also on my Men servant and on my maiden servant, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Amen. And I believe God is going to communicate with us a little bit better. Amen. We're going to hear his voice a little bit better, a little bit clearer. You know, he's going to speak to us by his spirit. Amen. He's talking to us in many, many ways. But are we listening? I believe God's going to capture us. He's going to allow us to plainly hear him. Amen. You know, I, I um, look I, on the Internet. I get these little things every, every day from Rejoice Ministries. I know most of you are aware of Rejoice Ministry. And God wants to save marriages because the church is allowing divorce to come in just like the world. And, and I, I read where a lot of people say, well, I was going to get a divorce or whatever. I was supposed to go to court tomorrow, and then this truck went by, and it says stop divorce or God hates divorce or something. God is speaking to people in every kind of way. Amen? Because he wants everything to get back the way he planned it. And I believe God is going to start to speak to us. In every kind of way, not just visions and dreams, but in other ways that he can plainly speak to us. So we'll know that we know that we know that God is speaking to us. Amen. Hallelujah. No more assuming. But God's going to make it plain for those who really want an answer from him. He's no more going to be hard to find. He's never really been hard to find, but (laughs) he's going to help us that don't hear so well. Help us that don't obey so so well. But he's reaching his people because he loves us so much that he wants us to do uh, the job that he's called us to do. But he also wants to give us the desires of our hearts. He loves us. Amen. He wants us to have everything that pertains to life and godliness. He's already set that aside for us. Amen. And so sometimes it's just so hard to capture our attention because we have other things on our minds. Amen. Like CNN and all these other things that pollute our faith. And we're going to have to learn how to just get it from God. Amen. 
and cast down all of these other things that try to sidetrack us. See, what the devil likes to do is get our attention and, and change our focus onto other things. But I believe that God is going to, you know, uh, help us more because he, he hears the heart's cry of his people. And I believe that we want to do better, and I think he knows it, and he's going to go out, and he's doing it now, reaching us in various ways. But I know that, that the cross is the only way. We need to return to the cross, amen, and get refreshed and restored in the things of God. You know, Jesus always said, if you, you know, what do you want? What can I do for you? Come to me. And we need to go back. You know, we need to seek God, seek him, and we'll find him. You know, we want him to come to our doorstep. And not that he won't, but we're to seek him because he's the higher power. We're to look for him. Amen. Seek him and desire him like a deer that pants for water. We need to need him. Amen. More than anything. Have you ever been in a place where you say, God, you're the only one can help me because I can't do anything. Amen. We need to submit, submit to God and allow him to just ambush us and just take us over. And we receive him wholeheartedly with open arms because we have nothing else. We don't have a plan B or a plan C anymore. We worked all of those avenues and they didn't work. Amen. And so we want to, we need to rush back into his arms and be glad to get a word, a true word, not just from man, I need a word. I, you know, we do that too much. You know, when the prophet speaks, and I'm not, uh, you know, against prophets, but we can't wait to get to the prophet to get a word, and that's all fine. That's why we give these things, you know, let the prophet speak. But sometimes we, all the time, we need to cons- consult God ourselves. You know, the Bible says if we seek him, we'll find him. And then you, the prophecy you get should be a confirmation, amen, of what God has spoken in your heart. Amen. We need to look for him. We need to stop disregarding his presence and understand and know that he is with us. Amen. As a mighty, terrible one. There's no problem that you have that God can't solve. He is with us, and he wants to hear everything that's going on. He wants to talk to us one-on-one, but most of us feel far away from him because we feel unworthy or we feel like orphans or we're not sure that he's forgiven us or we're not sure that he loves us. And so we need to get this separation dealt with. Amen? Mm. Amen. Go and sit at his feet like Martha and Mary did. Amen? Hallelujah. And just talk to him and and just repent. I think people are just running away from repentance. Amen. God's not going to tell you no. Amen. He never rejects anybody. He will never forsake us. Amen. He loves us. Hallelujah. We're his children. And but sometimes we really don't want to hear what he's got to say because we're afraid he's going to say no. Amen. But the Bible says that everything is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. If it's good for you, God says yes. If it's not good for you, he says no. Amen. You don't want something that's not good for you. And so we need to consider going to God first and then getting it confirmed in his word. Amen. So God is going to cause the unconscious to become conscious 
in the things of God. Amen. Where we're, when I, what I mean by unconscious is that we're just zoned out, uh, zeroing in on our problems instead of being consciously aware that God is who he is. He's our father. Amen. And he will supply our needs. He has everything that we need. And so we need to come out of our unconsciousness and come into a conscious state of mind where we know that God is our supply. Amen. He's our provider. There is nothing. Well, you know, he's, I've tried that and it didn't work. Did you try it with your whole heart? Did you go to him first? Amen. Do you really believe that he can and he will? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to get in faith. And, and the only thing that can bring us in faith is the word of God. Amen. And allow the power of the Holy Spirit to encourage and motivate us. And to separate us from the world. We need to stay separated so that we can hear a word, hear an answer from God. Amen. Because this, our kingdom is not of this world. So we need to just uh, not run to the world for answers. Amen. We're in the world, but not of the world. We're not of this world. So our answers are in the kingdom of God. Every question, every answer, everything that you need is in the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. And God will supply every need that we have. Hallelujah. You know, people want to buy the anointing like Simon the sorcerer. You know, he he wants to buy uh, the anointing for money. Amen. And people think it's that easy. It's not. You have to sow some seed, you know, meaning that you have to pay the price. Amen. Sow of yourself. Amen. (laughs) Separate yourself from wrong acquaintances. Amen. Not be polluted with the world. But it's sometimes we feel like it's asking too much of us. But it's not. God never asks too much. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of promise. He's here to help us. Amen. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no power in the church. Amen. Yet we have churches that don't pray in tongues. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, it got quiet in here on me. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. But the message of the kingdom will be preached. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. I believe God is calling every leader, every pastor to become accountable for preaching the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Preaching thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Preaching that you can do anything, you know, that God has called you to do. It's not impossible. Amen. But we have to awake out of our slumber and out of our laziness, out of our fear. Amen. Out of our rejection. Uh, You know, thinking God has abandoned us. God's not abandoned us. Amen. He's called us for such a time as this. Amen. Hallelujah. And his name is written on everything good that we do. Hallelujah. His name is written on it. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Acts 1. Because I want to try to get a little bit back with the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, verse 8. Hallelujah. Talks about the Holy Spirit of promise. Amen. In other words, God has not removed his Holy Spirit away from the church or away from us. Amen. 
It says, and let's see, in verse, wait a minute. Oh, okay, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses into, to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and all the outermost parts of the earth. And so the Lord is saying that we need to start where you, start where you are. Amen. Start, start in your Samaria. Start, in other words, start in your family. Or start in the small things looking for him. Amen. Before you want to take a platform. Like everybody wants a platform. Amen. Start where you are. Start where God can hear you. Amen. Start where you can relate to people. You know, start building yourself up on you in your most holy faith. Amen. And start where God has put you. And then build from that. Amen. Start to allow the Holy Spirit to be built up and become real on the eye on the inside of you and preach the cross you know don't uh deviate and waver from what god has based the church and founded the church on amen but stay with what god has given us you know when you preach the preaching the cross or preaching the power the holy spirit releases power that's how people get power get power from the preaching of the cross that healing power and signs and wonders start to uh, appear because of what Christ has already done for us. Amen. And so we don't need to waver or, or move away from that, but we need to be pulled in and pulled closer to that foundation of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. Him resurrected, him in power, him reigning in heaven, sitting on the right hand of the father, you know, teaching us and leading us and guiding us through his image in us, amen, so that we can rule and reign and, and throw down, well, root up and, and um, then build and plant good things, powerful things on the inside of people, amen. And so God wants us to start to put, get back on the right foundation and then put everything else on that foundation so that we can be a strong nation, amen. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants us to do these things and he's already made provision to get this done and then on the side anything that you get on the side your needs met which god's going to do that that's a plus amen see we're too uh concerned about what we're going to eat and what we going we didn't read matthew 6 amen but we need to not worry about these things present them before god and trust that he's going to take care of them amen because there's work to be done in the kingdom, amen? But we think that these things, and these are small things, you know, we think that they're the most important thing. But God, as he says, did not clothe the grass and the, the birds and, the, you know, all of these things. And we're, we're more important than these animals, this, you know. But God is trying to say that if he took care of the sparrow, he definitely would clothe and feed us. Amen. He has people assigned to help us when we can't do any better. Amen. You know, like he, he told Elisha, the ravens, you know, I have their widows going to take care of you. Or I have ravens that will feed you. God will, pro he will provide in his own way. But we're so specific, we won't, you know, I ain't even going to go there. 
but we want things our way, or we have specific things that we want. But as long as that provision and that need is met, it shouldn't matter how God does it or what he does it with. Just receive it. Amen? Receive it. But, you know, sometimes you know for yourself, you know, I don't want that. The wrong person give you something. You don't receive it in love. Or it ain't nice as what she got. You know, we have all kind of restrictions on God's provision. Amen. And we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. Amen. Well, I wanted a Cadillac. She gave me a Chevy. You know, that. (laughs) Receive it in love. Amen. Receive whatever it is. if, If that's what God gave you, that's what you needed. Amen can't afford to fix no Cadillac. You know it. (laughs) You can't even fill one up. I know I was given a a Cadillac. My brother-in-law, Pastor Barb's husband, late husband, gave me a Cadillac, and I couldn't really afford to keep it going. Well, I could have, but I punked out. I'm just going to tell you. My mind wasn't Cadillac. Yeah, it was a faith move that I didn't move with. Amen. So I just let, you know, my son say, oh, you know, I'll switch with you. Matt couldn't, couldn't wait to get that Cadillac. And so, you know, sometimes our mind, we're not in faith we're to receive something. So be glad for the Chevy. Amen. <laughs> when you get Cadillac faith, it'll come. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, and so, you know, God knows what you need. Amen. He knows what you have faith for. And if you want faith for better, get, get in your word. God won't turn you away. He won't scold you and tell you, you don't need that. You know, he'll try to increase your faith, help you increase your faith to give it to you. Because we've been all given the measure. We have faith to get whatever. You have faith to get that, uh, that promotion. You have faith to get whatever it is that you want. Amen. And if your faith don't meet that, if, if you don't have faith to get it, wait until, wait until it. See, we want to get that thing without the faith. You know, sometimes we, we break our backs to get something and can't keep it because you don't have faith to keep it. Amen? Amen. Y'all know it's the truth. But, you know, God wants to give you the desires of your heart, and he will do that. But you've got to work with him. Amen? He ain't the magician. He's God. Amen? There's some things God wants out of us. What about that? You understand what I'm saying? And so we need to learn how to hear his voice, and I think this is the biggest thing needed right now with the body of Christ, hearing God's voice. Amen? Knowing him. Knowing who he is and who he is in us who, and who we are in him. You know, that's why the devil, let me tell you, the devil fools us a lot because of our identity. He robs us of our identity. And then when we get weakened in who we are and whose we are, then that's how he jumps right in there and cuts your throat. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to cut you off from the body, cut you off from God, and then he start, he's going to start cutting your supply. You know, the devil's not satisfied until you land on the ground like a, a broken transformer, missing parts. Amen. But God wants to start rebuilding us. Amen. Better, stronger, faster. I always think of the $6 million man. I know some of y'all don't remember that. Steve Austin. 
<laughs> but I think he really died. Did he die? I think he died or almost was at death. And then God rebuilt Yeah, he rebuilt him. But I, I don't know if he clinically died on the table. I think he did. And then God gave him supernatural parts. And then he started to shh, shh. And then he could see stronger and better. I, I think that's how the body of Christ is. Amen. <laughs> I really do. You know, weakened, broken. Amen. But see, God is, is replacing some things on the inside of us if we let him. Because he wants to do it. But we have to let go of the old. Let go of ourselves. Amen. And allow God to replace people's affections and the hurts and the wounds that other people caused. And God is trying to come in and restore us with his love, his provision, you know, his strength, his power. You know, God wants us to trust in him and start trusting him, you know, that we walk in divine health. Amen. You know, we have to make a decision. We can't walk after the flesh and walk after a healing too. You know what I'm saying? See, there are some things that we have to understand. See, when we don't understand God and we don't have that closeness, that connection, we miss these things. And we spend our time running, running after something that God's already provided, and we don't know it because we're running after the, the carnal things, the things that we can see, the things that are visible. But we are healed. Amen. We're healed. Amen. We're set free. We're not begging God to do these things. We're not orphans. We belong to him. Amen. He's already done these things. Amen. Hallelujah. But see, we're trying to receive them in a carnal, with carnal understanding. We're trying to receive from God and keep our flesh, keep our pride, keep our unbelief. You know, you have to sacrifice. It's going to cost you. Everything that you get in the kingdom costs. It's going to cost you. All it costs you is your flesh. All it costs you is your unbelief. All it costs you is your anger. All it costs you is your jealousy. All it costs you is your unbelief. That's all it's going to cost. Things that you don't need. Things that's going to hold you back. Things that you need to be stripped of. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, it's going to strip you. You can't receive the fullness of god now you can get some things you know but you can't receive the fullness of god unless you give up something that you're holding on to that's holding you back and all god wants to do is make you a better you amen so that he can use you see it's not all about our needs and what we need in this life but it's what are you doing for christ because those things are the things that are going to last those are the things that's going to turn a nation. It starts with us. The kingdom is within us. Amen. And so we have to allow ourselves to get comfortable. Say if you're in a mansion, moving around in every room on the inside of us, if that makes sense. Some rooms we don't want to touch because it's going to cost something to go in there. Amen. And so we have to allow God to empty us. So that we can feel comfortable knowing who we are and whose we are. That we can go in every room and open that door and say, oh, this is a door of opportunity. I feel comfortable going in there, amen, 
because God has given me the wisdom and the knowledge and the revelation to go in there and observe and to receive what's behind that door. Amen. But we're fearful and we draw back because we remember that scripture that says behind every door comes, you know, enemies or what's that? Adversaries. So we remember that and that's there so we don't go through the door. Amen. But we need to feel comfortable knowing. See, I believe it's all about timing. God's timing. Amen. Hallelujah. And when we go through there, we go through there mightily with God and with the power of God, with the knowledge and the wisdom of God, knowing that God goes with us. He goes actually before us. The Holy Spirit goes before us and is our rear guard. And so we have really nothing to fear. I'm not saying you're not facing fearful situations, but you have the Holy One on the inside. Amen. You have the protection of angels, divine protection. You have the knowledge and the wisdom of God. Amen. And so we need to, un- to know and not forget who we is who we are. Who we are. So, you know, we need to really ask ourselves, who am I? And you need to have the right answer. Answer yourself. Amen. You made in his image. Well, I'm not perfect. No, we're not. But, you know, I believe God fixes what's broken. Amen. Like a potter. He puts us back on that wheel and he irons out some bad stuff, crooked places weaknesses and then he puts it back he he restores and strengthens and then he puts us back out there amen strengthen better amen faster stronger you know we have x-ray vision we see better in the spirit amen you see what's been hiding and then you say oh wow that was there all the time but we have to pursue god don't pursue man Stop pursuing people. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, they'll lead you in the wrong direction. Amen. Or disappear on you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. But I'm telling you, God is what we need. And don't be swayed when you, you see, uh, you know, uh, oh, I'm just going to say it, when people desert, what you going to do? Amen. You stand on your own two feet. And you stand for the cause. Amen. You don't be a quitter. And you don't run because everybody else runs. Well, wonder why they, they quit because they're cowards. Let the fearful and the faint go home. Hey, because you're going through. Amen. And you, we will prevail. But you can't look at how things look. And you can't try to understand All of the things of the spirit with a carnal mind. And that's another thing we try to do. You've got to be spiritually minded. Amen. We need to be delivered of a lot of stuff. And God wants us to be delivered. You've got to allow it. You can't hold on to it and hope God never finds it. We've all done that, haven't we? Well, he ain't going to find this. You know, because we say, because so-and-so made me do that. If they hadn't did what they did, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And so we have to allow this. We have to give God all of us. Let him have it. Because what can you do with it? Nothing. Amen. And we have to allow God to change us on the inside. It starts within. The kingdom is within. 
And people have that slogan, well, the kingdom is within. But are you projecting that? Because you have to allow God to come in and cleanse, rebuild, restore, strengthen, renew, all of these things. And it's an inward work. You have to let God in. Let God arise and let your enemies be scattered. Let God arise on the inside of you. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, we want a lot of things from God. But can you hold on to it once if you get it? But you, you have to allow God to just give God all of you and don't try to hold on to any part of who you are. Amen? Don't try to protect yourself anymore. You know, God left a, amen, he left a precious deposit on the inside of us, and that's the Holy Spirit. And he does his, he does a thorough and complete work. And you know, when we shut down, it stops. Amen. I don't want to go there. I'm not, I'm not ready to deal with that yet, you know. And then we keep our little demons. Is that nice enough? <laughs> Amen. I try to say it nice. Amen. Amen. But we have to allow God to take over our flesh and our fleshly desires. And you know what you find out once you allow Christ to come in totally? You find out you didn't want that no way. <laughs> Amen. You didn't really want that. Because you find out it's not what you really need. Amen. Well, all we need is Christ. All we need is, is him. You know, and then he builds. Let it build on that, on that principle. That's called get the right foundation under you. So you won't be so quick to judge and so quick to run and so quick to do all of these other things. You know, want to see what's in it for you. You know, want to make a big name. God, God makes you who you are. Amen. He'd give you a new name. When you were born again, there was a new name written in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. He, he does a working on the inside. He builds you on the inside for what's out there. Amen. And he's given you the biggest and the greatest church that there is. He's given us the world to go out and to preach Jesus Christ. Amen. So don't ever minimize what God has done on the inside of you. Don't ever minimize your abilities, your gifts, and your talents. And look at them as treasures, you know, something that God has blessed you with. And get rid of this doubt and unbelief, and you can't do it on your own. One way or the other, we have to allow God to come in. Amen? We have to remove the barriers and allow him to fully, allow the Holy Spirit to do the inner working so that it can bring out the best in us. Amen? So that we can receive God's best. If God gave you his best right now, will we know what to do with it? Amen? Just look at those people who win the lottery. Millions of dollars. And they have a show how the lottery, you know, messed up my life. You know, because they weren't ready to carry what they had. Amen. So God has to prepare us for everything that's coming. And everything that he has is good. But if you don't change how you think, I believe the church won't arise and take its rightful position until we change how we think. Amen. Well, that went over well. We have to change how we think. We have to change our expectations because a lot of our thinking is wrong. 
Amen? Wrong thinking. And then if you think wrong, you're going to talk wrong. And if you talk wrong, you can have whatsoever you say. Amen? Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Amen? And it's like sowing seeds. And they come up, and you don't want that crop to come up. So we have to watch what, what we say. Amen. And how we say it. And we speak from what's in here. Amen. And so we have to think right. Think right about people. Amen. Let God, if you have a problem with somebody, go to God and, and ask him to help you with it. Amen. We have to do that. Amen. And if you do that and work on that, you're doing the right thing. It may not happen overnight, but it, you know, it happens quickly if you let it. Amen. And so we need to allow God to come in so that we could be a glorious church. Amen. A church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. Praise God. I just want to ask, is there anyone in here that does not speak in tongues, that want to speak in tongues? You need the power of God. And this is one problem, reason people know scripture from cover to cover, but they don't have any uh, evidence of prosperity or power in their lives because they don't possess the power. Anybody don't pray in tongues in here? Everybody pray in tongues? I'm going to go around and check. <laughs> Amen. Somebody turn, somebody turn your neighbor in. Amen. Oh, they, they threatening you? Say you better not tell. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for blessing your people today. Lord, we love you and we exalt you, Father. We praise you. We thank you for this conference, Lord. We thank you for many more sessions that are wonderful. And we thank you, Father, for the people who are here. And, Lord, we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Before we receive the uh, offering, I'm going to share with you, as Pastor Shirley was giving her message, it reminded me of uh, something uh, that we have read before uh, from 1961, the Tommy Hicks vision about the end time church. So I'm going to read it again for you right now. And we'll receive the offering. This, um, this prophecy is recorded in a book called Pertinent Prophecies. And it was put together uh, by a couple, the gardeners. Um, but this was seen by Tommy Hicks in 1961. It says, The Body of Christ and the End Time Ministries. My message begins July 25th, about 2.30 in the morning at Winnipeg, Canada. I had hardly fallen asleep when the vision and the revelation that God gave me, um, gave, gave me came before. The vision came three times exactly in detail the morning of July 25th, 1961. I was so stirred and so moved by the revelation that this has changed my complete outlook upon the body of Christ and upon the end time ministries. The greatest thing that the church of Jesus Christ has ever been given lies straight ahead. It is so hard to help men and women realize and understand the thing that God is trying to give his people in the end times. I received a letter several weeks ago from one of our native evangelists in Africa down in Nairobi. 
This man and his wife were on their way to Tanganyika. They could neither read nor could they write, but we had been supporting them for over two years. As they entered into the territory of Tanganyika, they came across a small village. The entire village was evacuating because of a plague that had hit the village. He came across natives that were weeping, and he asked them what was wrong. They told him of their mother and father who had suddenly died, and they had been dead for three days. They had to leave. They were afraid to go in. They were leaving them in the cottage. He turned and asked them where they were. They pointed to the hut, and he asked them to go with him, but they refused. They were afraid to go. The native and his wife went into this little cottage and entered in where the man and woman had been dead for three days. He simply stretched forth his hand in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and spoke the man's name and the woman's name and said, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command life to come back to your bodies. Instantaneously, these two heathen people who had never known Jesus Christ as their Savior sat up and immediately began to praise God. The Spirit and the power of God came into the life of those people. To us, that may seem strange and a phenomenon, but this is the beginning of these end-time ministries. God is going to take the do-nothings, the nobodies, the unheard-of, the no-accounts, He is going to take every man and every woman and he is going to give to them the outpouring of his spirit. In the book of Acts, we read that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I wonder if we realize what he meant when he said, when God said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I do not think I fully realized, nor could I understand the fullness of it. And then I read from the book of Joel. Be glad then, ye heathen, you children of Zion. Sorry about that. <laughs> and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately. And he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain. Joel 2.23. It is not only going to be the rain, the former rain and the latter rain, but he is going to give to his people in these last days a double portion of the power of God. As the vision appeared to me after I was asleep, I suddenly found myself in a, at a great high distance. Where I was, I do not know, but I was looking down upon the earth. Suddenly, whole earth came into my view. Every nation, every kindred, every tongue came before my sight from the east and the west and the north and the south. I recognized every country and many cities that I had been in, and I was almost in fear and trembling as I beheld the great sight before me. And at that moment when the world came into view, it began to lightning and thunder. As the lightning flashed over the face of the earth, my eyes went downward and I was facing the north. Suddenly I beheld what looked like a great giant and started to look at it. I was almost bewildered by the sight. It was so gigantic and so great. His feet seemed to reach the north pole and his head to the south. Its arms were stretched from sea to sea. So this giant covered the whole earth. I could not even begin to understand whether this be a mountain or this be a giant. But as I watched, I suddenly beheld a great giant. I could see his head was struggling for life. He wanted to live, but his body was covered with debris from head to foot. And a time this and a time this great giant would at and at times this great giant would move his body and act as though it would even raise up at times. When it did, thousands of little creatures seemed to run away. 
hideous creatures would run away from this giant and and when he would become calm they would come back all of a sudden this great giant lifted his hand toward heaven then it lifted the other hand and when it did these creatures by the thousands seemed to flee away from this giant and go to the darkness of the night slowly this great giant began to rise as he did his head and hands went into the clouds as he rose to his feet he seemed to have cleansed himself from the debris and filth that was upon him and he began to raise his hands into the heavens as though praising the lord and as he raised his hands they went even into the clouds suddenly every cloud became silver the most beautiful silver i've ever known as i watched the phenomenon it was so great i could not even begin to understand what it all meant i was so stirred as i watched it and i cried unto the lord and said oh lord what is the meaning of this and i felt as if i was actually in the spirit and i could feel the presence of the lord even as i was asleep as from these clouds and from these clouds suddenly they can there came great drops of liquid light raining down upon upon mighty <laughs> this mighty giant and slowly slowly the giant began to melt began to sink itself into every into the very earth itself and as he melted his whole form seemed to have melted upon the face of the earth and the great rain began to come down liquid drops of light began to flood the very earth itself and as i watched this giant that seemed to melt suddenly it became millions of people over the face of the earth as i beheld the sight before me people stood up all over the world they were lifting their hands and praising the lord at that very moment there came a great thunder that seemed to roar from the heavens i turned my eyes toward the heavens and suddenly i saw a figure in white and glistening white the most glorious thing that i have ever seen in my entire life i did not see the face but somehow i knew it was the lord jesus christ and he stretched forth his hand and as he did he would stretch it forth to one and to another and to another as he stretched forth his hand upon the nations and the people of the world men and women as he pointed toward them the liquid light seemed to flow from the hands his hands unto them a mighty anointing of god came upon them and those people began to go forth in the name of the lord i do not know how long i watched it it seemed i went into two days and weeks and months and i beheld this christ as he continued to stretch forth his hand but there was a tragedy there were many people as he stretched forth his hand that refused the anointing of god and the call of god i saw men and women that i knew people that i felt would certainly receive the call of god but as he stretched forth his hand toward this one and toward that one they simply bowed their hand and began head and began to back away and each of those that seemed to bow and back away seemed to go into darkness blackness seemed to swallow them everywhere i i was bewildered as i watched it but these people that he had anointed hundreds of thousands of people all over the world in africa england russia china america all over the world the anointing of god was upon these people as they went forth in the name of the lord i saw these men and women as they went forth they were ditch diggers they were washer women they were rich men they were poor men 
I saw people who were bound with paralysis and sickness and blindness and deafness. As the Lord stretched forth to give them this anointing, they became well, they became healed, and they went forth. And this is the miracle of it. This is the glorious miracle of it. Those people would stretch forth their hands exactly as the Lord did. And it seemed as if, uh, if, as if there was this same liquid fire in their hands. As they stretched forth their hands, they said, according to my word, be thou made whole. All these people continued in this mighty end time ministry. I did not fully realize what it was, and I looked to the Lord and said, what's the meaning of this? And he said, this is that which I will do in the last days. I will restore all the canker worm, palmer worm, and caterpillar. I will restore all that they have destroyed. These my people in the end times will go forth as a mighty army that shall sweep over the face of the earth. As I was at this great height, I could behold the whole world. I watched these people as they were going to and fro over the face of the earth. Suddenly there was a man man in Africa, and in a moment he was transported by the Spirit of God, and perhaps he was in Russia or China or America or some other place, and vice versa. All over the world these people went And they came through fire and through pestilence and through famine. Neither fire nor persecution, nothing seemed to stop them. Angry mobs came to them with swords and with guns. And like Jesus, they passed through the multitudes and they could not find them. But they went forth in the name of the Lord and everywhere they stretched forth their hands. The sick were healed. Blind eyes were open. There was not a long prayer. And after I viewed the vision many times in my mind and I thought about it many times, I realized that I never saw a church and I never heard, I never saw or heard a denomination. But these people were going in the name of the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. As they marched forth in everything they did as the ministry of Christ in the end times, these people were ministering to the multitudes over the face of the earth. Tens of thousands, even millions, seemed to come to the Lord Jesus Christ as these people stood forth and gave the message of the kingdom, of the coming kingdom in the last hour. It was so glorious. But it seems as though there were those who rebelled and they would become angry and they tried to attack those workers that were giving the message. God is going to give to the world a demonstration in this last hour as the world has never known. These women are of all walks of life. Degrees will mean nothing. I saw these workers as they were going over the face of the earth. When one would stumble and fall, another would come and pick him up. There were no big I, little you, but every mountain was brought low and every valley was exalted. And they seemed to have one thing in common. There was a divine love. A divine love that seemed to flow forth from these people as they worked together and as they lived together. It was the most glorious sight that I have ever known. Jesus Christ was the theme of their life. They continued and it seemed that days went by as I stood and beheld this sight. I could only cry. And sometimes I laughed. It was so wonderful as these people went throughout the face of the whole earth bringing, bringing forth 
uh, in this last end time. As I watched from the very heaven itself, there were times when great deluges of this liquid fire seemed to fall upon great congregations. And that congregation would lift their hands and seemingly praise God for hours and even days as the Spirit of God came upon them. God said, I will pour my Spirit upon all flesh. And that is, and this, and that is exactly this thing. And to every man and every woman that received this power and the anointing of God, miracles of God, there was no ending to it. We have talked about miracles. We have talked about signs and wonders, but could not help but weep as we read again this morning at 4 o'clock this morning the letter from our native workers. This is only the evidence of the beginning for one man, a do-nothing and unheard of, who would go and stretch forth his hand and say, In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I command life to flow into your body. I dropped to my knees and began to pray again, and I said, Lord, I know this thing is coming to pass, and I believe it's coming soon. And then again, these people were going about the face of the earth. A great persecution seemed to come from every angle. Suddenly, there was another great clap of thunder that seemed to resound around the world, and I heard again the voice, the voice that seemed to speak, Now this is my people, this is my beloved bride. And when the voice spoke, I looked upon the earth, and I could see the lakes and the mountains. The graves were open, and people from all over the world, the saints of all ages, seemed to be rising. And as they rose from the grave, suddenly all these people came from every direction, from the east and the west, the north and south, and they seemed to be conforming again this gigantic body. As the dead in Christ seemed to be rising first, I could hardly comprehend it. It was so marvelous. It was far beyond anything I could ever dream or think. But as this body suddenly began to form and take shape again, it took shape again in the form of this mighty giant. But this time it was different. It was arrayed in the most gorgeous white. Its garments were without spot or wrinkle as a body began to form. And the people of all ages seemed to be gathered into this body. And slowly, slowly, as it began to form up into the very heavens, suddenly from the heavens above, the Lord Jesus came and began. And became the head, and I heard another clap of thunder that said, This is my beloved bride over whom I have waited. She will come forth even tried by fire. This is she that I have loved from the beginning of time. As I watched, my eyes suddenly turned to the far north, and I saw seemingly destruction, men and women in anguish and crying, and buildings and destruction. Then I heard again, The fourth voice that said, Now is my wrath being poured out upon the face of the earth. From the ends of the whole world, the wrath of God seemed to be poured out, and it seemed that there was great vials of God's wrath being poured out upon the face of the earth. I can remember it as though it happened a moment ago. I shook and trembled as I beheld the awful sight of seeing cities and whole nations going down into destruction. I could hear the weeping and wailing. I could hear people crying. They seen the cry as they went into caves, but the caves and the mountains opened up. They leaped into water, but the water would not drown them. There was nothing that, that could destroy them. They were wanting to take their lives, but they could not. 
Then again I turned my eyes to this glorious sight, the body arrayed in beautiful white shining garments. Slowly, slowly it began to lift from the earth as it did I awoke. What a sight I had beheld. I had seen the end time ministries the last hour. Again on July 27th at 2.30 in the morning, the same revelation, the same vision came exactly as it did before. My life has been changed as I realize we are living in that end time. For all over the world, God is anointing men and women with this ministry. It will not be doctrine. It will not be churchianity. It is going to be Jesus Christ. They will give forth the word of the Lord and are going to say, I heard so many times in the vision and according to my word it shall be done. Oh, my people, listen to me. According to my word it shall be done. We are going to be clothed with power and anointing from God. We won't have to preach sermons. We won't have to have persons heckle us in public. We won't have to depend on man, nor will we be be denomination echoes, but we will have the power of the living God. We will fear no man, but we will go in the name of the Lord of hosts. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I pull that out periodically. Amen. I pull it out periodically. Amen. Is there a question?